We, um, and I've shared it a, a little while ago, we've, we've, we really feel that this is a time where God is calling us to look at this idea of influence and what, what influence is. And we really feel the call that Lane Park Church is a people of influence. People of influence. And so over the next undisclosed amount of time, I'm going to be doing a series called The People of Influence. People of Influence. And so we're going, to have, um, we're going to have different things in the middle of there. I know Excel is coming in a couple of weeks, and I think Bruce is going to be preaching after them. So it's not just going to be this series, but this is one that I'm going to come back to when I have a chance to share. And what I want to do is look at the lives of different people of influence throughout Scripture to see what their lives tell us. I I've kind of enjoy it because I, I enjoy going and not necessarily knowing what the message is going to be, meaning I like Scripture to tell us for itself, what, what, what's going on. And so for me, it's been, I, it's, it's, I, I love getting into the Word. I love allowing it to do what only the Word can do to transform, to cut. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It really does cut through to the bone and marrow. And can you allow the Word to do that in you this morning? But can you also allow the Word to do that as, as you go throughout your week? We can't, can't just do church on Sunday. I know we talk about that. We need the Word to be impacting and guiding and leading us. We need worship. We need intimacy with God. Without that, we will become dry eventually. Without that, we will become passionless. Without that, we will become uh, purposeless. What do you picture when you think of a person of influence? Can you just na name some people of influence for me? Like, I don't know. Anybody, who do you think? Who's influential? Mom. Oh, I love that. My, mo my mom's out of the room. She's influential. I'll give her that. Can't give her credit when she's here. Who else? Who's influential in your life? Or who, who's influential in this world? Who do you think? Who is a person of influence? The queen. Absolutely. What about Wayne Guppy? Person of influence in Upper Hutt? Sir Edmund Hillary was a person of influence. Uh, Stephen Adams. I got a picture with Stephen Adams. I think he's a person of influence. Basketball after my heart. Um, Jonah Lamu was a person of influence. Especially with the internet today, I think it's too easy for us to find people that are really good at what they do. It's too easy to find people that, that are really influential in their different spheres. And that's kind of where I immediately go when I think somebody of influence, somebody that has a ton of influence, somebody that just, they're a person of influence. But I think that, and I, I don't want to put this thought on you because maybe you don't have this thought, but maybe many of us would not immediately think of ourselves as people of influence. I, I don't naturally think that from even myself. I don't think naturally that, no, oh, I'm a person of influence. I'm, I naturally think of a Jonah Lamu. I naturally think of a Wayne Guppy and what he's doing. I naturally think of a Peter Muller and how great he is at selling. And I just, I wanted to buy a water tank, you know? Um, and I also know the cause of why we're doing it for, so that's, I'm also hooked in there. But people of influence, what do you naturally think about? And I want to submit to you that, that the man Moses thought the exact same as you, if you think that as he would have had a long list of people that he thought were people of influence, but I guarantee he was not on that list. I guarantee that Moses was not on the list of people that he thought were people of influence. He thought that a person of influence looked like someone else. And so I just, I want to read out Moses' story, 
and, uh, and then, then we'll, we'll unpack it. Exodus 3, verse 1, and I'm going to paraphrase some of the portions. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. It's a great name. Maybe a name for our baby coming up. Jethro. The priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. I just want to pause, and I'm not going to pause throughout the rest of the story. I promise we'll get the full narrative so we don't have to keep breaking it up. But I'm going to come back to this point, but it is so important. As Pete was encouraging us this morning, passion and worship, engaging in worship, lifting your hands. Do you notice when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. There was an action that Moses took to receive this encounter with God. There was an action that he took. It was when he turned aside to see that then God called to him out of the bush. The presence of God was already there. And can I tell you that the presence of God is already here. And the presence of God is already in your homes. I mean, he's, he's, he's there. But there was an action that was required on the part of Moses to receive that which God had to give him. It was when he turned aside is when God called to him out of the bush. And so I'm going to come back to that, but I, you're going to hear that language a lot from us, that we are really feeling a burden from the Lord to find him, to pursue him, to seek after him, to spend time in his presence. Without him, we can do nothing. And we don't want to attempt to do that. And I so appreciate the team this morning. I so appreciate the spirit that Pete brought. And just, we want to find him. And we're not going to go without him, wherever that is. But can I just encourage you? God is looking for you to turn aside so he can speak to you. There is action on our behalf to receive what God has for us. I'm just going to drop a little thought as I continue reading the story. That influence is is birthed from encounter with God. Your influence is birthed from your encounter from God. So I'm going to keep going, and we'll come back and explore some of those things. Moses, Moses, he said. Moses said, here I am. Then God said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. The Lord goes on to say, I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites and all the other ites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? God replied, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the the ites. 
the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey, and they will listen to your voice. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless, you are com unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. It goes on in chapter 4 to say, Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. He said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of the fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put it, his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But Moses said, Oh, Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be your mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. Whew, it's a mouthful. I cut out some parts just so we could survive through that. The number one thing, the, the absolute, probably most powerful thing, the number one killer of the influence that you carry is doubt. That you even carry that influence in the first place. The number one thing that will eliminate you from the game of influence, will take away from your influence, is, the is, is doubt that you even have that influence in the first place. But can I tell you, if we take anything away from this message this morning, is to let this just drop in your spirits. If the, I want to put on the hat of a coach this morning. I can't wait till my boys get into sports, because I promise you I'm going to be that dad. I'm going to be that dad who is obnoxious and who the, the parents on my team will love me. The parents on the other team, I will pray for them before I go to the games just so that God softens their heart, doesn't harden their heart like he did Pharaoh. I'm just, I'm going to be declaring faith in those boys. But can I just impart to you this morning, you have influence. Can I impart to you 
that you have influence this morning. As a coach, as we, I mean, I don't want to say the game starts after here because the game's already going while we're in here. You have influence where you're sitting. You have influence when you go out into the cafe. You have influence when you're in the car on the way home. You have influence when you get home. You have influence. You are significant people. And I am sitting here saying, let's go, team. Let's go. Because have you seen kids that don't think they're very good on the field and the way that they play? The way that they Can we impart that? Lane Park Church is going to be a church of influence. Let's receive that in our spirits this morning. I'm jumping the gun, but let's just impart that. Moses didn't know his influence. He was unaware of his influence. And as such, he wanted nothing to do with the mandate that God was bringing him. He said, what was the first thing that Moses said? God, who am I? There's something wrong with me and the thing that you've called me to do. I just want to let you know, who am I? He made it very, very personal. Moses said, I don't think me, Moses, I was going to say Jesse. I can put that in there sometimes. I don't think me, Jesse, God, can do what you've called me to do. I don't think, Angie, when it's, put your name in that place. Who am I that I can do that? And now I, prob- I, I imagine there's, there's folks that struggle on the other end of it too, that like, God, that's easy. If you're there, come and give us some of your faith, and, it, and then we'll test the sincerity of it, I guess, which is pride. I, I don't know. That's, that's one of the, I don't know. Who am I? It goes on. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Man, I have been there. I've been like, man, God, if I go there, I know what they're going to say. They're going to say this, and then they're probably going to say this. God, I already know. Like, you're calling me to go and do that? They're not going to believe me. How, how many of you, do you play those conversations through in your head before you've even gone there? Doubt is the number one thing that is going to rob you of the influence that you already have. And believe me, you carry some significant influence. If the Holy Spirit resides in you, that is a whole lot of influence that's just waiting to be released. You have influence. But doubt will rob you of that. Moses again, further on. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. How many of us have lists of things and reasons that disqualify us from the thing that God has called us to do? Well, God, I can list out, I am this. I am this. At least I know how to spell in New Zealand now. I can cross that off my list of qualifications. We have lists. And how much time, and I don't know about you, I'll just be self-reflective. How much time do I sometimes spend on my inadequacies and thinking about those things rather than allowing God to just do his work through me? My lists of things around me, possibly your lists of things around you, are keeping you from actually doing the very thing that God has called you to do. Have you listed all of the reasons why you don't have influence? And I love this. At the end, God is coming back and forth with Moses. He's saying, boy, you've got it. Go and score that goal. Man, you've got it. Go, go and own, own this thing. And Moses is like, he's coming back like, no, who am I? 
They won't listen to me. This is what they're going to tell me. This is the reasons why I can't do it. I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. And then he says, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Like, for real, if I haven't explained to you why, he's saying send someone else. What is Moses doing? He is trying to not step into the influence that God has already given him. He's saying, please send someone else. Does God honor the request of Moses? He doesn't. And can I tell you, you might be saying, please send someone else. You might be sitting in your seat and you're saying, I'm not going to exert my influence in this service. But I think God is asking you to. When you go into your workplace, you might say, I'm going to withhold my influence here. I'm not going to step out. There's not an option. God is saying, I've put my spirit in you and it needs to come out. I've put my spirit in you and it needs to come out. To be a people of influence there is a mandate on your life to release that influence. Moses cried, please send someone else. I've been in a position where I've said, God, probably you should send someone else. I don't know if you've been in that position. Can I tell you that I, I truly, in my heart of hearts, don't want him to send someone else. I want to I do right by what he's put inside of me. And this morning, I want to encourage you in a new way to step out into the influence that God has put in your life and identify when you're saying, please send someone else, but then I want you to look at the response of what God gave, and he said, brother, I'm sending you. I've placed you in that place. Moses doubted his influence. You are in good company if you might do the same. This is where Moses was, but I just, I just want to kind of paint the picture that Moses was the guy who saw the Red Sea split in two. Moses was the guy who got to go up the mountain and be face-to-face -face with God and be handed in his hand the Ten Commandments. I think, for me, it helps me recognize that I'm in good company when somebody like Moses doubted the influence that he carried. When he wasn't aware, actually, no, I, God, send someone else, anyone else but me, but this, but this, but this disqualifies me from being a person of influence. But Moses is one of the most influential people in history from what he saw and what he did. All in God, of course. But to understand Moses' doubt, we need to rewind to when Moses lived in Egypt. Moses had, and I think many of us can get stuck in this, Moses, he doubted himself for good reasons. He had tried to use his influence in the past, and it went really, really bad. It, Moses didn't just have like low self-esteem or, or low whatever, doubt about what the influence that God had put in him for no reason. He had, he had significant reasons as to why he did that. He had exerted his influence in his own ability when he killed the Egyptian and then when he tried to resolve that, that dispute between some of his fellow Israelites afterwards. Do you remember their response when he tried to go and say, hey guys, like, why are you fighting? Like, come on now. He, he's saying, I'm a... I'm a king of Egypt. I'm a prince of Egypt. I'm, I'm on your team. I just killed somebody for you guys yesterday. Like I, and what did they do? They rejected him. They said, hey, man, like, who are you to tell me anything what to do? They challenged who he was. 
And what happened is it got around to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh, was, Pharaoh wanted to kill Moses. And so that was the reason for Moses fleeing and getting out of Dodge, getting out of Egypt, because God was after, not God was after him, Pharaoh was after him. Moses, has tr- he had tried to exert his influence in the past, but it didn't go well. But can I just encourage you that influence exercised in your own strength comes up empty. Influence in your own strength comes up empty. And I need to come back to the point where I paused and where I stopped with this encounter in the burning bush. That your God-given influence comes out of encounter with God. Your your God-given influence, and I'm stirring you all up saying you've got influence because you do, but there is a way to release that influence, and it will not be released unless you are coming into encounter with who he is. Before the encounter, before the mandate, before the direction that God gave Moses, he was misdirected in his influence. He was trying to be influential. He was trying to, for a very good cause, reach out. But he was misdirected in that influence before his encounter. Can I tell you that that should bring us to our knees when it's time for worship? I don't want to miss the encounter. I don't want to miss the opportunity as God is guiding me and wanting to release that which is in me. But I'm not receiving because I'm not actually encountering him when it's the time to encounter him. We don't worship because it's a nice thing to do. We worship so that we can encounter him. We worship so that we can then release what we've encountered. I'm going to say it again. We don't worship just to fill up some space. We worship to encounter him. I want to catch the spirit that he's wanting to impart. I want to to take on when he's saying, Jesse, you're going to have some problems this week. You're going to come across some spiritual warfare. And if you don't take what I'm wanting to give to you this morning, and and I'm not saying even on a Sunday morning, I'm saying your devotional time, whenever it is that you come. But can I tell you, this place should be one alive place with people encountering God, not by what is being brought to us, by what we're going after and who he is. I want to catch what he's got so that I can release the influence that he's given me. Encounter. Out of encounter comes influence. Influence comes from knowing God, from knowing his name and knowing who he is. I did a, I did a sermon, Declare the I Am, a while ago, and I would encourage you to go back to that when we're looking at identity and, and seeing what that looks like. I, it's one of the messages that I carry really strong in my heart. Declare the I am. It's a good one. But I'm not going to go there too much more. Stop looking to your past to dictate your level of influence. But seek him and let your encounter with him today release your influence. Stop looking to your past experiences. Hey, when I spoke up there, nobody listened and nobody cared. Hey, when I tried to talk to my kid and like, he just didn't get it. Man, Archer has been showing some serious attitude lately. Pray for me, folks. I, do you ever wonder why my, ki- my kids don't get it when I send them to timeout? Like they're happy for like five minutes and then they're back in timeout. Pray for me. But stop looking to your past experiences where influence didn't work in the way that you thought it was supposed to work, but seek him and let your encounter with him today release your influence. That is so good. Do you know why it's so good? Because we can't do it without him. 
If you try and do it with Adam, you're going to come up empty again and again and again. If, as a coach this morning, if I could encourage you anything, be as passionate and surrendered in worship as possible so that he can move through your life with as much freedom as possible. The degree to which you are surrendered is the degree to which he can use you in your life. He cannot use people that have no room for him. He cannot use people that he has not imparted his fresh spirit to. Your encounter with him last year will not carry you through what he needs for you to do today and what he wants to release you in today. That's not even the message this morning, but my heart is carrying that so heavy. Encounter through with him is so important. Influence isn't limited by our ability. If it was, it'd be limited. But it is determined by what we carry. We carry that which we catch from God in encounter with him. Number two. Influence is not immediate and it will be challenged. Your influence is not immediate and it will be challenged. Do not give up when it gets hard. Influence, just, and, and we're like, yes, we've got influence. Yes, I'm not going to give into the past. Okay, cool. If we've got there, we're doing really well. But now we come to a place where now that we're walking in our God-given influence, we're not being dictated by the past, influence will not come easy. I love, God gives Moses such a heads up. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. God gave Moses a heads up of what was in front of him. And I love this passage where he says, If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you should take some water from the Nile and perform another miracle there. I mean, Moses is such a great picture. How, many, how, many, how quickly did people listen to Moses? What a picture for us. What a picture of faith that we can grab onto. How many times was he rejected? How many times was he denied? How many times did he step out in faith and step out into that which God had called him to and he was rebuttaled with such strength? I don't know. I mean, obviously, each of us have to walk into our own anointing, our own calling. But wow. And this comes from a guy who said, God, you've got the wrong guy. Send somebody else. I've got a stutter. I've got these things that disqualify me from this. Take courage that somebody like this, even then, got denied again, and he got denied again, and he got denied again and again and again. When you make progress, expect things to heat up. What, what was the thing that happened first when Moses, um, when, when he, he came to Pharaoh, and he said, Pharaoh, let my people go, you know? What was the first thing that happened? Do you remember? What's that? Yep, they did. They, 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 had a, they had a snake battle, and they did some different things. But what, what, did, what mandate did he put onto the people? He said, listen, you're bothering me. You're taking time out, precious time, for building my stuff that I'm wanting to be building from the people. So now they can go and gather their own straw. Actually, they're going to try and make it out the straw. I'm going to increase their workload, and they're going to have to still produce for me the same amount of work. Did the Israelites take that really well? They were like, Moses, you person of influence, you, I so appreciate you. Moses, thank you for stepping out in your God-given faith. You're amazing. 
That was not the response that they got. They met Moses and Aaron who were waiting for them as they came out from Pharaoh, and they said to them, The Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants, and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. You're welcome, Israelites. You're welcome. This is not a story, however many thousands of years ago, to say, wow, isn't that interesting? But that's to look in our lives today, to say that God has given you a God-given mandate to release influence in this place, in this church, in your families, in your workplace. And you might be rebuttaled again and again and again, and people might not appreciate that which you're doing, and it might not come across well, and there will be challenge. But do not give up. Do not give up. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? Can I encourage you? It's not a one-time thing. Moses is where? Back to where he started. God, you sent the wrong person. Why did you send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Man, can, can we receive that in our spirits? That if, have we let disappointment creep in? Have we let maybe bitterness creep in, unforgiveness creep in? Maybe it's towards God himself. Maybe it's towards other people. Just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean he's not doing it. And it also doesn't mean that we might really need you to keep chugging along. Can you imagine if Moses said, God, why did you send me? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm sure God would have raised someone else up because that's just who God is. But I don't want God to raise someone else up. I want him to use me right where I am and what he's, what he's asked and what he's called for me to do. Our influence cannot be judged based on immediate results. The number one determining factor, and, and you might have seen this. I think Ron might have even showed us a, a, long, a couple years ago. Angela Duckworth, she does a TED Talk, and it's, it's, on, it's on, do you remember what it's? Grit. And, she, and through her study of education and things like that, she was trying to determine what is the number one factor that will determine success in the world. And it wasn't, it wasn't even IQ. It wasn't anything like that. It was this thing called grit. What's grit? Not giving up. In the face of no matter what is in front of you, you're continuing to pursue this. Influence happens in stages. It's progressive. Your influence might not be recognized by you or by someone else. I just, to pause, who believed Moses' influence? Did the people believe it? They said, fool, you shouldn't be here. You're making life a lot worse for us. Did Moses believe it? God, why did you send me? Did Pharaoh believe it? He's like, well, I just see the anointing of God on you, Moses. Like, Lord bless you. We're going to get out of your way. My gosh. Do not be discouraged when that's what your life looks like. People of influence need to persevere to have that influence released. We are a people of influence. You are a person of influence, but you need to persevere regardless of what comes across to see that influence released. God, I'm in Exodus 6, verse 2. God spoke to Moses and said to him, Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So I, I want to just pause there for half a second that oftentimes 
let God give you eyes to see why something's not going the way that it should be going, or at least that you think. What's going on with your kid? What's going on with your coworkers? What's going on with that person that's in your home group? What's, what's going on? Because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. This ministered to me as I was just sitting and, and just asking the Holy Spirit to speak in the word. This is, this is one of those, you know, we say the word is like cuts down to the bone. I think too often we make influence personal about us. You know, Moses said, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. It's not going to work. God, it's not working. But, but why was it not working? These people were broken. These people were in slavery. And we, we oftentimes can say, oh, man, the world this and the world that. Can I tell you that the world is broken and that they're in bondage? Can I tell you that kids that you have that may have, might have walked away from the Lord... Whatever it is, coworkers that just are giving you a hard time, can you see through the veneer? Can you see through and see that they're broken people and that they're in bondage to something? But can I tell you that the spirit inside of you is a spirit of freedom? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And he is looking. He is longing. He is he's just like, he's waiting for you to spend time encounter with him so you can start releasing some of that spirit to someone else. He's wanting you to get close to them and, and you're going to get rebuttaled and you're going you're gonna to have things that are going to come across and that's going to be blocking you. It's going to be stopping you. It's going to feel like you're pushing and pushing and pushing. But can I tell you that that spirit is working? When you can't see what's going on, that spirit is working away. That spirit of freedom is, is breaking down walls. I, I was so encouraged and I don't want to call Jillian out. Angie went into her classroom um, this week, she's helping like mentor. And man, something that Angie shared with me started lighting my spirit up. And you can tell I'm getting, whoo, let's go. I'm going to preach in here. That what Jillian is doing with those kids is something special. And I'm not saying that anybody else isn't. I just haven't heard a story about you this week. But I just, she's letting the spirit in her start touching those kids. Angie could see the spirit of God moving in that classroom and touching the kids and the environment and the songs that they were singing. There might not be immediate results that Jillian is seeing with those kids, but can I just affirm that something is happening there? That the Spirit of the Lord, as I just look at Joelle and, and, the, and the different, um, you know, the, the, what is it, the, the, the preschools and the things that you have set up, I've heard her heart. I have heard her desire. The word this morning is those things that God has put in you, keep pushing, keep exerting the influence that God has given you because he will see it come to fruition. He will be working. I just, I think, I can't look at people right now because I'm just seeing their stories. I look at Jen, some of the stories with her kids and the people that she's working with. I see them walking in the fullness of the freedom that God has put in them. There is things that God is wanting to release in you, but you have to push. You have to know that the challenges are going to come. You have to know it will not come easy but it will come to fruition. People of influence. Oh, I, I, I need to go back to my verse. So the Lord said to Moses, go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, let the people of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. God, they're not listening. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. They're not listening to me. It's not changing. But what is God's response? I have given you a charge 
to bring these people out of the hand of slavery. I have given you a charge to see these people walking in freedom. My gosh, that excites me so much. I'm going to come back to that point. People of influence are more motivated by God's approval than of man's. To influence means going against what is popular, being countercultural. What does this look like for you? What do you need to keep being faithful in and exerting your God-given influence? Your kids, your spouse, your friends, your coworker, your church. You may not see the change, but that doesn't diminish the influence that is happening through your faithfulness. I think we give up when we don't see results because we think it's not working. But if we can learn anything from Moses, someone who doubted throughout the entire journey, but he stayed faithful in exerting influence, and like I said before, he saw some of the most amazing things in history happen. Last point, and I'll wrap up shortly here. We cannot underestimate the power of the influence that we carry. We cannot underestimate the power of the influence that we carry. Influence, in uh, Wikipedia's definition, not Wikipedia, but Webster, the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. Influence is impact. Influence is effect. Influence is change. Influence is transformation. You do what God has asked you to do, and you watch him work in the hearts of those around you to affect change in them. Why is influence significant? Influence is somebody changing because of your presence there. And remember, we're, we're very grounded in, in the Holy Spirit being the thing that's inside of us that's making that change. It's not Jesse. It's not Angie. It's not Bruce. It's not Jeanette. But you being there is the difference between them changing or them not changing. Influence is change. Influence is transformation. Influence is showing up. From Bruce's message last week, what is he saying? He's saying be present where God has placed you so that the influence that is in there can be released. I think um, crowd mentality can sometimes be the worst. I think sometimes we recognize in a one-on-one -on -one situation that we have influence. Can I tell you that no matter what size crowd you're in, your influence isn't diminished? I don't care if it's, I've seen family members that check out because they just don't think in the family conversation we have the ability to make a difference here, so I'm checking out. In a family dynamic, in a church dynamic here, do you know what you do here matters? The smile that you have on your face, your body language, the engagement that you give, you're affecting the people around you. Your influence is powerful. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and all the other heights, uh, heights, a land flowing with milk and honey. Influence is for God's plan, not just your benefit. Influence is change that happens because of you and someone else. Change for better or worse. People influence unknowingly or knowingly. What are you giving your influence to? The story that I believe the Holy Spirit brought to my mind when I was looking at this idea is, do you remember what happened right after the battle of Jericho with Joshua? They went to a place called Ai. 
and it did not go well for them. After they had just had an amazing victory at the Battle of Jericho, and it was from their own strength, right? Man, they walked around a wall and shouted, and the walls fell down. Like, if that's not God, I don't know what is. Completely from the influence that God had given them, one man took some of the spoils. One man took, I think it was some gold and a, and a coat, and he, he took just a couple of things because in his heart he says he coveted them. One man from the God-given influence was the reason that they did not win that battle. The influence of one person after one of the most mighty acts of God in the Bible that we tell about, immediately after, this was the battle after, and you know, they didn't send very many men to this battle because this was like in the back hills of Jericho. They sent some, they didn't even send their whole army. They just sent a handful of their army because they just thought it was a joke. They got, they got whipped and they were running in fear. It says their hearts became like water. Do you know that it was the result of one man's influence that an entire people was filled with fear? You better believe that your influence is significant. It is so important. Cool. This was such a good example of influence used to preserve self. But influence has a purpose. The people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Freedom from oppression, the cry of the people, this is what God sends us to use our influence for. The prom this promise from God is for you today. And they will listen to your voice. This is the words that God gave to Moses, and this is the words that I want to resonate in your spirit. And they will listen to your voice. There is power in your voice when you are on a mission from God and you are releasing what he has put inside of you. And they will listen to your voice. I don't know what lists you have that have disqualified you from being a person of influence. I don't know what past experiences have made you feel that you're separated from actually exerting influence and actually making a difference and actually making an impact. But I want to impart to your spirit, they will listen to your voice. You will see people come into freedom. You will see people come into the knowledge of Jesus as their Savior, because he is life. He is freedom. And we need to start releasing that sound with boldness. There is power in what you do and how you act. There is power. Exodus 12, verse 50 all the people of Israel did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts. Goes on to say in the next chapter, Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery. For by a strong hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. What a promise. What a journey that Moses went through. Self-doubt, wanting to give up, but pursuing the influence and releasing that what God had given him. Lane Park Church, you are a people of influence. You are a people of influence. The lie that the enemy would say that you're not is simply a lie. The lie that, that we sometimes believe, you are a people of influence. You matter. You will affect change. Your presence is needed because you carry the Holy Spirit. Be faithful in what God has called you to do. When you don't see it, be faithful. God has given you influence. Persevere. For our prize is this, is God taking people from slavery. People 
Can I even tell you, it's not even a matter of if you, if you think you can or not. There is a need. There's people that are crying out for this. Whether they know it or not, there is a need. Let your hearts be stirred to continue exerting that influence. And God is wanting to bring them into a land flowing with milk and honey. Can we receive that this morning, Lane Park Church? Let's pray. Jesus, do it. Jesus, release it. This is not from our power. This is not from our might. But by the spirit of the living God, who is just as powerful today as the day of Calvary. Lord, we release your spirit of influence in this place. We want... We want to break down the walls in this church of encounter with you. Lord, that nothing will stop us from encounter because we know the need is too great out there. Lord, nothing will stop the encounter so that we can release who you are. We want to catch what you have. This morning, I pray for an impartation of your spirit to come on the people so that we would release your influence in a mighty way. Jesus, when there is desire to give up, when there is doubt, Lord, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus and say, no, you are called of God. You are made of God. You are built for a purpose to release a sound in this place, to release a sound, to release a, a, a sound of influence that will affect change in the lives of the people around you. Lord, we will walk in our God-given authority to be able to do that as a church and as a people. Lord, release your power in this place today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.